Hello, and welcome to the What We've Watched podcast. This is episode 227. My name is Chris. This is Emmett. And this week, we are doing The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, yeah. 1920. Yeah, so this is the, um, I guess, the concluding episode of our decade series, um, going back through the change of decade years. Um one by one going backwards um mm-hmm. we've basically covered yeah. an entire century now yeah i was gonna say this is it this is From basically a hundred year old 2020 film. to 1920 um and so yeah so the cabinet of dr caligari was uh written by carl meyer and hans janowitz and directed by robert vina and was released february 1920 in germany obviously in germany yeah. it, it's a german uh, film um, yes. Yeah, so this is a um, pretty significant, or considered a pretty significant film. Um, it's uh, very much like a, a it's a big, it's big, a... big sort of precursor to like the horror genre. Um, yeah, which was not really the idea of horror. The horror as a genre was not really a concept um mm-hmm. at the back then uh for quite a while after this actually because even when they sort of people started to consciously make kind of horror movies it was considered like a more of a subgenre, like or it was like a type of thriller kind of yeah. um yeah but um you know this is considered pretty pretty influential in so i guess you could call it proto horror i suppose sure sure and yeah, uh it's, uh, uh, it's I mean, also this, this movie had huge influence on, yeah exactly and it's also know, like so uh, much stuff uh especially Both indirect, german and american yeah cinema, especially indirect like, influence because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things where it influenced people that did more famous things you know mm-hmm. that a lot of people might re- not realize that the where the influence came from yeah. um but uh it's also a major um example of uh um, a movement called which was uh, German Expressionism or the mm-hmm. German Expressionist um, which pretty much just involves essentially um, rejecting like a realistic depiction um, for uh, a more like sort of artistic abstract fantastical kind of, yeah more fantastical presentation and more abstract artistic sort of presentation mm-hmm. that represents more of a of an inner kind of um like an inner reality to the characters rather than so much uh, a literal um you know realistic well, reality it, it works so well because and like just in terms of like yeah. how it like it fit like it it slots so nicely into like the story that they tell yeah because the story is being told as basically by the main character like you yeah. start actually at the end of the movie and then yeah the main character is telling you the story of the movie. Yeah. So basically like it involves like a lot of things, um, you know, backdrop sets that are with like strange angles and, and designs and, uh, shadow it, it looks like light a, and shadow, looks... uh, mm-hmm. painted like often light and shadow rather than being actual light and shadow are painted on, yeah. uh, to the sets and things to give certain effects. Um, it's all like everything's like the the design of everything is like 2D is very... almost like stage design. Yeah, kind of, but like it's and it's then, a very specific kind of style. Yeah. And like on all the architecture like nothing meets at 90 degree angles. 
everything's askew slightly, everything's yeah. pushed, um, like, walls are pushed in a way to cause, like, interesting, like, perspective, mm-hmm. uh, it's all very, it's almost dreamlike, in a yeah. way. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, the one thing, like, at the end of, the, like, the, you know, going through this movie, I was just like, like, without this movie, Tim Burton has no career. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. like Tim yeah. Burton, like, the, like, Tim Burton only has a career. Which is because funny, because <laughs> I've never really heard him talk too much about this type of stuff, so I think maybe a lot of that was indirect influence. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But I was just like, oh my god, this is, like, proto-Tim Burton. Like, the bit. remake of this would be, would just be done by Tim Burton. Yeah, a little Tim bit. Burton, um, Tim Burton, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of influence because, um, basically the reason that this these types of films arose was because um uh during world war 1 um they like foreign films were banned from being yeah. imported to germany mm-hmm. and so they had to basically um really up their own yeah. uh film industry and this type of artistic approach and stuff came about largely because of lack of like a budget because they couldn't allocate that much money to like individual movies. Yeah. Um, well, and... that's one of the things like this was film is this was seen as like an opportunity to make a, like a, a fast, cheap film. Yeah. And then by the time, although the it early, ran into a few production error by sort uh, of the issues, early, but... by kind of like the early twenties as, um, you know, anti-German sentiment in, in other places started to kind of go down a little bit post-war mm. and, and some of the restrictions of the war, like had kind of started to, to wane a little bit. Um, and they started to, there started to be more interaction of, you know, uh, American movies getting brought over there and German movies being brought over here and all that kind of stuff. And so they started to influence things, um, a little bit, um mm-hmm. here as well um and even like uh like alfred hitchcock uh, i believe yeah. in like 1924 he actually went and worked in like a german like in a studio a film studio in berlin for a little bit and he actually picked up a lot of like personal influence from the expressionism uh thing that was going on at the time yeah. and stuff and then you know well later... it was a really good early example of you know because movies were still fairly mm-hmm. like in their you know you know, like yeah, yeah. proto film, well, especially like full, design. like full feature films, especially full, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. telling a long uh, form, uh, you know, narrative was still pretty very, new. Yeah, very rare, you know, at this point. Um, well, very rare, but not as common as it was. You yeah, know, yeah. Say, even I, it even was, it was sort later. of getting more and more, but it was mm-hmm. still relatively new. Uh, but it was a good example, like of how, like different, uh, different countries were approaching. Mm-hmm. making of, of of films oh definitely yeah um, i mean it was extremely because uh, yeah, there I mean, was no there was no there was so little crossover there mm-hmm. was n- there was no ability for like you got you like you never had to worry about a film being coming across as like homogenous yeah yeah it yeah was so um well, everything was it was so isolated yeah everything and it's the same thing a, it's like, that's like what happened with like um like like after world war ii with like japan Mm-hmm. You know, that's why their film exactly, industry got yeah. going so big and w- w- they do all this crazy stuff because they're approaching it from this p- position of, like, isolation from, you know. Uh, I remember yeah. seeing a thing about um, when uh, J- in Japan, like, they made their the first, like, Japanese, like, werewolf movie. Mm-hmm. And they 
didn't know what a werewolf movie was like they'd never seen because they'd never they'd never yeah, seen they uh like the, the wolfman or anything to... right because they yeah. had no access to so they basically just had to imagine like what would a werewolf movie be and they and they had to come yeah. come at it completely from their own culture and their own you know yeah ideas is... so they were totally uninfluenced by anything else other than just mm-hmm. the idea of let's make a werewolf movie you know yeah. and i'm sure there are many other examples but i mean that's why like their monster you know japanese monster movies are so specifically yeah. you know because mm-hmm. it's like they well, came at it so totally from their they, own culture because they their had own no, culture yeah exactly no uh, yeah. you know direct mm-hmm. interaction with with other places at that time and, and that's definitely something that like by and a whole like that part of the world asian uh you know pan pacific japan have you know korea have managed to actually stick to over the years yeah. well say, i mean like, they like, they do take in a little bit more influence oh, oh, now like like sure, the whole sure. you know akira kurosawa was influenced by westerns and then yeah he made like samurai films that were influenced by westerns which then influenced later westerns and you know yeah, they went yeah, back yeah. and forth like that and things like that you know th- so there was some there was some oh, yeah, of it yeah. but but yeah but, no i know what you like, mean versus, they, they yeah, retained like, their like, own identity very much so the, yeah the giant homogenous uh, you know hollywood style film yeah. that oh yeah yeah you know pretty much is is become ubiquitous yeah throughout you know um, all of the so, americas and, uh, and chunks so, of europe some other uh, interesting things about this film is um, the writers of the film were, had been involved in um, they were they had they were pacifists yeah. uh, who but had they, been, well they were officers in World War One yeah they had been involved in World War One yeah. and and they they were that had kind of turned them into like like very like anti all that and pacifists mm-hmm. and like they were very understandable against, like author like like hardcore like authority and stuff and yeah. the um, they actually wrote this the story to be like a very like political kind of statement like it was intended to be a very like subversive sort of revolutionary kind of thing in terms of like what it was saying sort of politically because it was representing like you know Caligari was representing yeah. like like tyrannical authority mm-hmm. and that's controlling you know um passive people like you know the way that yeah. Caligari is controlling Caesar mm-hmm. um uh, we'll you know, get to the story here in a second, but you know, so it was meant to be like sort of very much like a political and kind of social statement. Um, yeah. And the writers were actually very uh, angry and upset that um, the framing story that was put in, where um, the main character, you, oh, you it's see like him delusion, all the you see him tell yeah. start telling the story at the beginning, and then at the end yeah. when it comes back to the frame story, it actually turns out that he's like. A, a crazy like he's a he's an inmate in an asylum and that yeah. it's like all like a delusion and that like like you know the characters in the story are actually like people that he sees in the asylum and stuff and that he's all yeah and they were very angry about that he's an unreliable kind of, narrator at that point yeah, yeah. and it, they were very angry about that because it undermined their whole message because it brought things back to like a a sort of glorifying authority like oh like like authority is good and like they the, know best the the, yeah. the, the they authority, know best and yeah. like the yeah. the people who in charge are you know and and that you know people who have different ideas shouldn't shouldn't be listened to and you know that type of thing mm-hmm. so it kind of they felt that it very much undermined like their their thing and they were very angry about it and they had to be the the writers themselves had to be like persuaded not to like protest the film when it was released oh, yeah. um and uh but uh yeah um basically the story is yeah so this guy tells the story of this thing that happened to him um mm-hmm. there is a like a traveling fa- or like a fair came to town 
And part of the fair was this character, Dr. Caligari, who um, is like a, what do they call it? Like sort of like a mystic, like a like a yeah yeah yeah. Like that's a, that's pretty much how they refer to yeah. it. Yeah, and yeah, he's a mystic. he has this like spectacle, as he calls it, that he mm-hmm. wants to put on, where he has a uh, sleepwalker, yeah, somnambulist, a sleepwalker um, mm-hmm. named Caesar, uh, that he keeps in this like box, like coffin like box, hence the cabinet of Doctor Caligari. Yeah, and he basically controls Caesar with like hypnotic abilities uh while he's sleeping and the audience can like ask him questions and he can like give like prophecies basically yeah is the idea uh and then what caligari actually does is he uses caesar while he's in his sleepwalking state while he's under his control to basically send him out and like murder people that are like his enemies or like people that he's had a problem Mm -hmm. with basically yeah so that's pretty much the basic story yeah um uh, the sleepwalker uh, Caesar is played by uh, Conrad Veidt. Yeah, which who, we just saw in in Thief of Baghdad. 19, he played the main villain yeah. Jafar. Yeah. twenty years later. <laughs> uh, something that we forgot cool. to mention then, and I, I only realized it. Yeah, that now is uh, his probably most famous role is Major Strasser from Casablanca. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we yeah, did forget to just, talk about that, because we yeah, talked about The Man yeah. Who Laughs. The Man Who Laughs, yeah, which is... And we talked uh, about this, and we talked this, about yeah. that, yeah. but, like, and yeah, totally that's true. Forgot that's a good that point. He's, major, he's the main villain yeah. of yeah, Casablanca, he had a, he had a long, which is, like, he's amazing role. Yeah, he had a long and, and quite uh, fruitful career. He's, he's oh, a, yeah. quite a, a considerable... Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's true. Uh, that's he's got a great look. He's oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and like and he, and what's cool is like at actually this everybody point, in this does. Everybody in this, yeah. Well, like Caligari, like the Werner uh, Krauss was the actor's name, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, he he was really good. Um, even even well, the actress, it's a bit part, but the actress who plays uh, the the girl that uh, oh yeah, like Jane, uh, I think Jane, the that uh, Conrad Veidt's character uh, Alan. Uh, falls in like it falls in love with um, oh alan was the friend alan is oh the, alan's a friend who francis's killed, right? friend he's like the main yeah, character's yeah, yeah. friend who gets killed yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah francis yeah. yeah um uh even she she's got this like such striking like look and the way she carries herself and this yeah you know well i mean uh, this 1920 yeah. man that was just that's yeah. how they rolled again very similar to uh last week's 1930 Actually, but even more so is a lot of this um, because this is a silent film, mm-hmm. of course, which is something I don't think we've even brought up yet. Um, uh, yeah, no, it, it. Yeah, I mean it's nineteen twenty, so yeah, of it's nineteen twenty. So it's a silent film. Um, the the title cards are all in German. It's, yeah, it's a German film. So yeah, uh, which I'm glad you know. they did that because I, I the title cards are themselves are such a part of like the artistic oh, presentation. They, they have a, the, yeah, the, that the like jagged, like hand done. painted, jagged kind of look that the yeah, title cards yeah, have. It's got, like on yeah. long cards, the way the scrolling on the card happens, it's got a particular like movement to it that makes yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's, um, but uh, even more so than the nineteen. Uh, 30s movie that we watched last yeah. week is uh, everybody's such um, like having to express themselves like through their like body motions and facial oh yeah of course yeah, yeah yeah and it's it's done really well well like, it's actually there, relatively very extended like 
mm-hmm. like quite extended conversations, which yeah. I fully expected to have like one or more title cards and had yeah. no title cards. But yeah, you still completely well, understand what they're talking about. Yeah, well, I know like you haven't seen like a ton of silent films, but like well, that's, no, that's usually what they yeah. do is like you see them talking and you're like, wow, they're talking for a while. And then there'll be like one title card that just kind of yeah, sums yeah. up like two the, or three lines, yeah. the two yeah. or three lines of like the necessity of like, mm-hmm. and a lot of the story is told by like through the context of like, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, a part where that really made me think of that is um, when after um, Alan is killed and Francis yeah. finds out about it and he's like freaking out like, oh, my friend just got murdered. Oh, like, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of sucks. And then he he rushes off and he goes to the police station. Police. That's that's the first and time there's I the really two noticed. police yeah. on like the weird little stools mm-hmm. and everything. And then like he's like talking to them like in this like heated way for a while. And then like mm-hmm. all it says is like I will get to the bottom of this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like you don't need it explained. Like you can tell from the context. Yes, he just found out his friend was murdered. You can tell he's going to the police. Yeah, exactly. You can tell yeah. he's telling them the story of what mm-hmm. happened. Like, they don't need to go into any more detail. They're, like, from the context, you you see what's going on. They do exactly the same thing, actually. The next time the police come, or he yeah. goes to the police after yeah. um, his, the, the uh, Jane goes missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. that that entire sequence is just punctuated by, like, uh, oh, because they think they've caught the killer. Yeah, and so like the, the, the like the entire scene is just punctuated like let's go see if he's still locked up because they think right. maybe he escaped or something. Yeah. And you're like, there was a lot said there, but like you did again, you didn't need. Yeah, you, yeah, you got the gist of it. Yeah, yeah they knew that they knew that you you had to keep it like going, and you couldn't just have mm-hmm. like, uh, title you know, card, title card, title card, title card, card, <laughs> title card with like every yeah. word that you know. They yeah. knew that like film at that time and silent films and how they were presented was different than yeah, like what like a stage work would be where exactly, you could just yeah. have actual dialogue and just the actors just talking mm-hmm. and the audience hearing it, you know, they yeah. knew that it wasn't going to work. So they had ad- adjusted the way they told a story, you know? Yeah. And of course with um, editing and with, mm-hmm. you know, well, in, 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 same in that regard, like this movie's even broken down into acts. Like yeah. there's like straight up act splits where it's like act one, act two. Yeah. I mean that, that kind of thing still exists. It's just very like, it's more behind the scenes now where yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. of puts a button on it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some really cool visual stuff like, um, well, I mean, lots of cool visual stuff, obviously. Well, all the I mean, sets. It's a very, I loved all the background set yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's a very visual um, kind of, I like that uh, the scene actually when Caesar is going to, um, when he's approaching uh, like, um, uh, like Jane's like bed, bed or house oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. that the scene wind, where he's going like window behind him and everything. He's going yeah. like along the wall, and mm-hmm. he has his arm stretched all the way up. So it's like he's kind of making like his sort of profile like as long as possible in a way. Yeah, yeah. And it's like this really interesting. And of course, he has that like tight. He's got like those kind of like stage tights kind of like outfit. Mm-hmm. So he has this very like his body is very like slender and very kind of. You know, he doesn't have bulky clothing and stuff, so he's just mm-hmm. kind of this, like, form that just kind of moves, slides along the wall, you know, this long, mm-hmm. elongated form. It's very interesting. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's all the tinting. There's the usual kind of, like, mm-hmm. orangey, browny, warm tones for daytime and the blue tones for night uh, yeah. and the weird kind of green for the title cards. Sort of uh, green and what yellow. you were mentioning about him stretching himself out yeah. um, along there really... Um, I'm actually kind of, although I'm sure it's probably not good, 
there was like a 2005 remake of this. Yeah. And Doug Jones plays Caesar. Uh, off. I mean, that's absolutely yeah. sure. I can see that definitely. Yeah. That's that's a very yep that 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 checks out. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it, it might be interesting to check out just for just to yeah. see like what they what kind of approach they took because obviously they would have to do it quite differently. I would assume. Um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, well, it yeah, was uh, it was all filmed on a green screen, and then okay. they just used the original movies. Oh, the backgrounds. Um, backgrounds. Okay, I heard about that then. Okay, I yeah. didn't realize that's what that was. I thought that was like a... I didn't realize that was like a full pro- professional like production. I thought it was just something that yeah. some people made. Well, it was, it was an independent film, but... Okay. It, it, still, it still had like a full... Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I don't I don't think it had a theatrical release necessarily, but it was Yeah, still, like, okay. Yeah, hmm. there's okay. been a number of like... Yeah, I didn't know too much about that. Of, and there was like a really bad sequel done in the 80s that like... Oh, man. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, huh. Interesting. Just, just um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, like that was really cool. Um, I, I really enjoyed, there's the part where um, they're doing like the the sort of flashbacky kind of parts where they're they're going through, because um, when once, oh, once Francis once... finds out that Calgary is actually the director from the asylum, mm-hmm. and then he like pursues, tries to pursue him there, and then basically he he talks to the people that like the the staff at the asylum and basically tries to convince them like okay your director is like this you know crazy like you know this yeah. is something's up here and well, he they start digging sort of, through his books yeah and, and they, they find, find like his journals and yeah, yeah. and the, they get the whole story about like how yeah. he's like obsessed with this like ancient yeah. well not ancient well, the but first like this thing mystic he finds is well because his name isn't actually Dr. Caligari no no That's it's like based off take... this like old yeah he takes that on and yeah. but the scene where they have the part where it's him like when he's like um when sort of going crazy i guess you could say and yeah, yeah. where he like becomes calgary and there's mm-hmm. that where like the world well, the text appears all on the wall and in the sky yeah and, and he's yeah, like yeah. reacting to it and it's coming up and it says like you must become calgary and then it's like yeah, yeah. breaking apart and like different parts of the word appear in different spots and it goes like mm-hmm. around and up and down and then he's all just like reacting to it like that was crazy that was really cool yeah like that would be a very difficult thing to pull off yeah. in in well, it's an interesting because, film. like, right the, up the until like that. that part there, like the following of that scene there, mm-hmm. is you don't realize where the story has gone. Like, you just think he's retelling a, a like something that happened to him, and then it's they put Caligari in the straitjacket, yeah, uh, and and then he becomes like an inmate in his yeah. own asylum. Yeah, but but then like and then the next start of the next act, they're still at the asylum, mm-hmm. and then Caligari comes down again. But he's all like all the the really uh, like obtuse makeup is taken off. Of well, that's him. the that's the twist and, thing, right? That's yeah. the that's and the ending that's where it's revealed that Francis's story yeah. is is just him being being yeah, in like the you asylum. Didn't realize, yeah, and that was the, that yeah. was the that was I didn't. But the culmination of the real the story, way, like yeah, exactly. Was... But the way it happened is, mm-hmm. is I wasn't until like actually even a little bit after that. Yeah, I was. It wasn't until basically he um, they start doing right near the end. Um, 
and they start showing all the other inmates like Jane and Caesar are there. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. I didn't quite realize. I was like, what? Like, was this all a put on to get him in the asylum? Is this whole story crazy? Is any of this story based on reality? Like, because of course, like, but there's no, there's no real, like, you don't know because of course he's the unreal well, narrator. The, the ending You're, is indicating know. that Francis is like basically the crazy one. And yeah. that his whole story about Caligari and Caesar and Jane and all that stuff was basically, like, fabricated in his head yeah. based on, like, people that he sees around the asylum. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But, but the like, intended, part of it is, like, but, some of it could be real. But the intention like, of the story originally, right, you have to remember that that ending, Of course, the that framing, framing device was added after. Was yeah. added on. The intention of the original story was that the story itself would be the real story. So, basically... Yeah, yeah. Caligari would actually be this this and they were just basically asylum guy, uh, yeah. director that went crazy mm-hmm. himself and mm-hmm. and started using yeah. this started using this sleepwalker dude to like go around and kill people that yeah. was intended to be the actual story right mm-hmm. it's like um, it's it's almost like like the original story was like it's like the original gaslighting <laughs> they, they gaslit Francis into being ending up at this the 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 asylum. The, well, no, because like, you can tell that, like, they're different. Like, for example, the Caligari, like you said, the Caligari in the story so is very yeah. different than, yeah. Yeah. you know, the guy that's the actual mm-hmm. director of the asylum. Yeah. But uh, so I'm saying, like, outside of the framing device. Like, once you remove mm-hmm. the framing device. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I, Damn, well, I'm glad because I know this I is not liked it, normally like, your kind of thing that you normally... like, how, like, I thought the story, like... I mean, uh, you know, I understand, of course, you know, when a writer writes something and then it gets altered after the fact, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. But I think the framing device on this is what made this a really Well, I mean, it's definitely and, an early... It made it a good movie to watch rather than yeah. kind of just like an art piece. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, and I, definitely, I, I mean, it's an early example of something yeah, which has sure. definitely for been sure. done with the whole kind of twist ending and the whole... I know, love the sets totally and the your sound perspective. work. Yeah, was, yeah. Like, like... Yeah, no, this was really good. I I am yeah, super. Glad I mean, I it is this. pretty yeah. classic, you know. Yeah, I mean, I so, guess yeah, it helps when you ranks you know, high as as go one back of and look at probably films. one of the most yeah, prominent hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes and yeah. certified fresh and you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it. Anybody who wants to know more about this, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you could just start with the Wikipedia article, which is probably yeah. the longest Wikipedia article I've ever seen on a movie. Uh, it is. Enormous. <laughs> it's very in depth. Yeah, it's extremely in-depth. Somebody I, really knew their stuff. I've been stuff. slowly reading it over the last, like, couple of days, and I'm like, yeah. holy crap, there's a lot. Well, it's because there's a lot to talk about with regards yeah. to what went well, into the making of it. Well, just because of its influence is a huge Well, the influence, but also, then, like, the history And then also the cultural, yeah. you know. And the history behind, like, what yeah, exactly, went into making yeah. it and all the kind mm-hmm. of controversies, you know, that happened behind the scenes and whatnot, so. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. No, really. Yeah. Uh, if anybody else wants to watch it, uh, being that it's a film from 1920s, uh, it is just openly available to be seen kind of anywhere. Um, yeah. There's a really good high-quality version on YouTube. Yeah, there's um, like some sort of restored yeah. copy on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. looks really nice. The sound is really good and everything. It looks really good, um, yeah. There's a couple of subtitles missing on a couple of title cards, uh, but they're like small title cards where... Yeah, it, I didn't it, notice You don't really need them. Yeah, I, there's two small title missing. cards that are missing that are missing <laughs> a subtitle to them. And one of the things uh you get act you get act 2 twice, 
when Act Three comes up, it says Act Two again, but that's hardly neither. Here nor <laughs> that's <there>. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't notice that because I was kind of looking at the actual title cards themselves, yeah, and yeah, it was like, yeah. you know, they just had like the Roman numerals or whatever. I I really I really appreciated actually that they did the cool title cards. Yeah. Yeah, because they were visually like you. You as soon oh yeah, as they like well, they're the part screen, of they, drawn they're to, part of the whole like, design. Oh, this is something important text wise, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which is unusual, right? Like normally in most mm-hmm. silent films, you just get very well. Like, that's the plain, thing is straightforward. Like, most of, or if not all of the silent films I've seen prior to this are all mm-hmm. like early, like like physical comedy stuff that had yeah. no talking in it anyway. Like, have you seen? Sorry. They, they didn't have title cards because it was all yeah. physical have, humor. Have you seen yeah. um, Fan of the Opera? No, I have not seen the original Fan of the Opera. It's no. really good. Yeah? We'll see if, I'll see if I can find a good quality version because uh, it's it's awesome. It's I, very uh, good. And it actually has a Technicolor scene. Oh my goodness. Which, seeing a full color scene in a 20s movie is pretty amazing. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because it was, uh, came out in 1925. Yeah, you know, that's that's actually one of the interesting things too. And there's a scene that's like movie. the Mask of the Red Death scene is it's in full color. It's pretty impressive. Oh wow! When yeah. you watch a movie of this age, like, and especially when you watch like a high quality version of it, is you really see like some of the makeup in order makes people's faces like stand out in the film. Yeah, like the makeup. I mean, obviously, some of that is part of the style of this film. Well, in this, a lot of it was yeah, yeah. the expression. But, stuff but you for, like, I, you forget that like early film. They had to do so much makeup on people's faces in order them to not like just wash out uh, uh, while they were filming, uh, and I, I'd forgotten about that because you know, like I don't watch like even black and white films in general. I, I you know I enjoy you know because I mean all the way into the fifties even some black and white films, yeah. But uh, but like early stuff like this where I'm sure like lighting and stuff like that still early concepts of like how do we make this work you know but yeah although uh, like i say a lot of it was continued on from like the theatrical tradition because if you're putting people on what is essentially a stage and then lighting it you know putting them in costumes you're not too far off of what a theatrical presentation is it's true it's true they were already well accustomed doing that it was more just Mm -hmm. about uh, adjusting for the differences that film can do, like close-ups and mm-hmm. you know um, things like that. Yeah, um, you know. But like we talked about before, you know, one of the things was, uh, y- you know, they just, um, you know, it was so early on, and so they just didn't really know exactly. They were yeah. they were they were figuring out the potential of what could be done with film still, and yeah. so they hadn't quite fully, um, you know realized what what quite was possible tangentially related you don't happen to know because like watching a lot of these early films you see mm-hmm. very little of it but like i mean especially like this none in this film or, or, yeah. or around this time um when like having the camera move started to become a thing they did in films um well like we talked about like when they when when sound films first came in uh, they didn't have a good way to make the qu- cameras quieter, so they ended up having to. Remember last week with Animal oh, they Crackers. did. They filmed. The, we they talked filmed about how they had like, these like these sort of soundproof booths that would go around the cameras, so they couldn't mm-hmm. really move them because yeah. they were like these huge things. Um, so it would have had to have been 
once they had started to develop cameras that were uh, Quiet quieter or could be could be dampened yeah. a bit. So I mean, it would have been probably uh, like later forties, maybe. Okay. Before it was like a really big thing, but they probably started doing it um, earlier to mm. a certain degree. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's always I just, been. A I was styli- just curious. I was just. It's curious, always been curious. a stylistic thing. I mean, there are certain yeah. directors who you know mm-hmm. were never big on moving the camera, and then yeah. others that were known for moving it all the time. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And also, it's a matter of like setups like how much you can get done because the more you move the camera the more you have to reset up everything of course yeah, and yeah. uh that adds a lot of time and time is money and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you know yeah whatever you know you got to make it fit <laughs> but yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah no cool great no i was just i was just curious about that because i was just thinking like wow yeah these 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 early films are very much like almost like very you're just like a camera pointed at a stage kind of thing um yeah but have being yeah. being able to take advantage of editing and things like yes. that yeah. still makes something of a difference. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So uh, with that, uh, we have finished our uh, our hundred year look back, our century long look back at um, uh, uh, films of of the decade, uh, or films on the decade, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so for next week, uh, we're actually going to do a 2020 film, and I guess yeah. that will complete that will complete the circle. yeah. It sort of brings it full circle. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, and so and then that will be, I mean, heck, that's I guess 10 weeks of film, so uh, or 11 11 weeks of film um, for our mm-hmm. podcast for us. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. Plus, we had a top five in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it uh, was yeah. unrelated. Uh-huh. So and a yeah. couple of uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was just thinking like, wow, this is mostly what we've been doing this year is this look back, huh? Crazy. Yeah. Well, that was sort of the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was a great idea. Then, yeah, yeah. I, I figured, I figured, give give some time for some mm-hmm. more like newer movies to accumulate and stuff. Even though we still have a few older ones, um, you know, oh, yeah. as potential on the docket too. But uh, yeah. At the beginning, earlier in the year, it was kind of like, ah, there's not really a whole lot out. And then, you know, as it turned out, because of the situation that's going on right now, mm-hmm. uh, there's just not a lot of movies coming out in general. <laughs> Everything's yeah, getting yeah. delayed and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just a little bit of Netflix, I guess, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what you're, you're looking for them. Disney. The home releases. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But, uh, I mean, we always toggle around a bit do some new stuff and do some old stuff or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i but, mean we we got lots we got lots still yeah. to come no no concern there yeah not running right. out of material yeah exactly they keep making movies um uh, yeah all right which is you know makes it hard because it's like we want to go back and watch some older ones that we haven't seen too exactly yeah oh yeah, yeah the the hilarious never never shrinking movie queue um, yeah. Every time I watch a movie, I add two or three to it. So that's, that's you just that have goes. to not worry about it too much. You oh no, exactly. Just, be like, it's, just, just accept it that like, like eh, a, it's the way it is. Yeah, I just I just look at it as like, oh, I just have this like ever growing kind of like choice I can pick from. You know, what do I feel like? What do I you know? Yeah. Because um, it's it's nice. I like having a list like that because it's nice because like 
just like trying to find a movie by flipping through Netflix. Oh yeah, no, I find that. I find like me and Laura try to do it sometimes, and like you spend twenty minutes flipping through movies, and then you end up watching nothing. You yep. just you just don't you end up watching yep. like like it's classic like a, 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 just a, like a sitcom or a, a, ultimately we just end up switching to YouTube and just watching whatever YouTube suggests, which yeah. is like we've completely defeated the whole purpose. Yeah, uh, that's but, what I do. Yeah, no, it's much better to have like okay, I watch here's way five more movies. YouTube. I watch way more YouTube than actual movies nowadays. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, but it's because I can watch YouTube in 10, 15, 20 yeah, minute bites. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. technically, I guess I could watch a movie in those sections. Yeah, too, but it's you know, but not it's not as, as good to easy. No. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So uh, thanks everyone for listening this week, and we will be mm-hmm. back next week. Until then, my name is Chris. This is Emmett. Cheers. Bye bye.